my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. All right, agent, tell me your name. Bond. James Bond. Yeah, I've never heard of you. Which organization, which branch are you with again? MI6. Yeah, not not ringing a bell, not CAA, not FBI. Uh, well, what, what are some of the missions that you've done that I would know you from? From Russia with love, Thunderball, Octopusher. I don't, I don't think those are real things, Mr. What was your name again? Bond. James Bond. Well, I still don't know who you are, so it's a good thing that this geek history lesson on James Bond is now in session. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Jason Bond Inman. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson, 002, and prepared to enter your mind university, which today might be a mind secret agent service. Yes, it is a mind secret (laughs) service agent because we are talking about 007 James Bond because Spectre is coming out this week. At the time of this recording, Spectre is not out. We have not seen it. So if you're in the future and listening to it, just... We haven't seen it. That's the reason we're not talking about it. there's no spoilers, but you have stumbled onto the podcast where we take one character, construct, or secret identity from popular culture and teach you everything that you need to know about it in about an hour. Yep. And this week, 007 James Bond. This was suggested by Arlen A. Haro at A.A. Haro on Twitter. Now, just to let you know really quick, this is going to focus more on the literary character of James Bond and a little bit on the official movies. Why would we do that, Jason? Well, because honestly, if you want to know about James Bond and the movies, just watch the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're enjoyable. They're fun. Yes, there are some bad ones, but I'll tell you what. A James Bond movie marathon of all 24 films, the official 24 films. Yes, I know there are more. I don't like to speak of those. Um, <laughs> they're fun. Even the bad ones are fun. It averages out to a pretty good time. Yeah, it's about a... 50% ratio. You have 50% good, 50% bad. 50% so bad, it's funny. Yeah, and we'll talk about that as we get there. But also, I feel the literary characters, because of course, kids, James Bond comes from books. What? Yeah, I know, those little things with paper that aren't iPads. What? Um, but it's fascinating. Now, I don't think a lot of people know a lot about the literary James Bond, but there are so many James Bond books that we're not going to talk about every James Bond book in fact okay so let's start with the 10 cent origin yes the 10 cent origin is the part of the podcast where we give you the basic constructs caveats ideas information should you go to a cocktail party and someone's like who's james bond we are starting with his name james herbert bond yep uh his alias is 007 his title or rank is commander in the royal navy that's one of his uh, uh alii um Book historians, yes, there are book historians, uh, have estimated that his birth date is November 11th in 1920 or 21, depending on who you listen to. Oh, Remembrance um, yep. Day. Now, his hair color is black. His eye color is blue-gray. He's six foot tall. So, yes, I am taller than James Bond. That's cool. And his weight is 167 pounds. So, he's kind of a skinny. He's slight. He's a skinny dude. He's a, he's a little swimmer looking yeah. guy. His relatives are Andrew Bond, who is his father, and Monique Bond 
Holland, who is his mother. His nationality, of course, is British, and his occupation is senior operational officer in the MI6, the double O branch. Uh, so he also is formerly affiliated with the Secret Intelligence Service and Section 6, also known as MI6. Ah. And he was created by Ian Fleming in Casino Royale, published in 1953. Now, Bond appears in 12 novels and 9 short stories by Ian Fleming and 24 Eon Bond films. What I mean by Eon is the company that produces like the quote-unquote official, official ones. Yeah, There's yeah. been a couple like quote-unquote unofficial ones. Um, I don't like to count those. We do not speak of those. Um, also, Ian Fleming is the one who created James Bond, so mm-hmm. that's why this geek history lesson is going to focus on his books. Awesome, love it. There are plenty of other authors out there. There are other plenty of great James Bond novels, but the Fleming ones are the ones that the movies reference. Yes. So those are the ones that we're going to stick stick to. Stick to. Stick to. All right. So now let's move on to the meet cute. The meet cute is the part of the mm-hmm. podcast where we tell you the first time we met this character and how cute it was. Now, Ashley, where did you first encounter? James Bond. Um, I think it was probably about 1996 or seven, and uh, TNT or Spike TV or, or one of such networks. It was TNT at the time. Has like. um, I don't know what it would have been in Canada. No, oh, okay. Where I was living, uh, did, used to do like 13 days of 007 or 14 mm-hmm. days, or you know, it got bigger every year. Seven days of 007. <laughs> yes, yeah. and uh, my brother and I watched them with my father for the first time, and yeah, that's. That's where I first encountered James Bond. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't really get really invested in the character, though, until the Daniel Craig movie. Do you know who who would have been your first Bond? Like, who? Because it's kind of like the doctor mm. for Doctor Who. Like, some people think that whoever your first Bond is Whoa. is your Bond for life. It's not true. It's not true. But I would wonder um, who, which Bond movie do you think it would have been? Well, the first one that I saw in theaters was one of the Brosnan movies, probably the second one. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. Uh, so he was my first James Bond, but I think the first movie that I would have seen on TV would have been a Connery movie. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was very small, so I don't honestly remember what the first movie was that I saw, but we watched mm-hmm. them all the way through. Great. Yeah. Um, for me, I can't say for certain. Uh, we rented a lot of VHS tapes. Yes, if you don't know <laughs> what those are, go Google them. Uh, from the Walnut, Kansas Public Library. And I know that some of them that we rented was James Bond movies. And I remember I watched them with my parents and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, the one that I think it is, is Goldfinger. Because yeah. Goldfinger sticks with them the most. It always has. It's and that theme song, isn't it? A lot of it's that song. Um, <laughs> but a lot of it's the visuals and driving through Switzerland and the curvy roads. So I think that that was my first encounter. And Connery has been and always will be my bond. Your bond. Yes. So there's a reason. But at this point, I've read all the books. I've watched all the James Bond movies at least once. Um, and I really love James Bond, but I think it's Goldfinger and I think it's Connery and Connery is my bond. So, okay. That's it for the meet cute section because we're talking about secret spies and we don't need to be cute anymore. Aww, so let's move on to you. History 101. Yes, the main meat of the lesson where you are going to open your mind and stick all the secret James Bond knowledge inside. Now, just to let you know, this is going to be, as we always said, a little bit different than normal geek history lessons. We're going to tell you about the creation of the character. Ooh. Because honestly, the James Bond books, the James Bond movies are so good, you should go read them. Mm-hmm. You should go watch them. You should go read them. So... On the morning of February 17th, 1952. That's so specific. Ian Fleming started writing what would become his first book ever, Casino Royale, at his estate named Goldeneye in Jamaica. Oh, Mm -hmm. I see. I see. Now, Fleming based his fictional creation on a number of individuals he had come across in his time during Naval Intelligence Division. 
during World War II. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that Bond was a compound of all the secret agents and commando types that he met during World War II, uh, including Ian Fleming's brother, who he idolized. And according to some other rumors, he also based parts of Bond on his cousin, Christopher Lee, Saruma. who was a secret agent during the war. Christopher Lee, who would later go on to become a Bond villain. Yes. And who recently passed away. And a Star Wars villain. And a Star Wars villain. And, and a Lord and, of the Rings and villain. Dracula. <laughs> so, now the name of James Bond came, comes from an American ornithologist named James Bond, who was a Caribbean bird expert and, and the author of a book called Bird of the West Indies. Now, Fleming was a keen bird watcher. And he himself. <laughs> what a weird old time he had. Yeah. And he, and he had a copy of James Bond's guide. And when he was writing the book for Casino Royale, Fleming says, and I quote, when I wrote the first one in 1953, I wanted Bond to be extremely dull, an uninteresting man to whom things to, to whom many interesting things happened. I wanted him to be a blunt instrument. So when I was casting around for a name for my protagonist, I thought, by God, James Bond is the dullest name I have ever heard. That's interesting. That reminds me a lot of Clark Kent and the idea that like he is so dull that mm -hmm. there's no way you would know that there's this other side to him. Now, fun fact, in a future Pierce Brosnan movie, Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan is in Cuba, the Caribbean, mm -hmm. and he has a copy of the, oh, no way. the Bird of the West Indies by James Bond. And he he actually has a pair of binoculars and mm -hmm. he's like, I, I, he's watching somebody. I can't remember That's who exactly. Right. And somebody asked him what he's doing and he's like bird watching. And fun fact, in Casino Royale, uh, M, played by Judy Dench, calls Daniel Craig's James Bond a blunt mm. instrument. Ah. She says this may be too difficult for a blunt instrument mm -hmm. to understand. Now, Fleming always thought that Bond should resemble an American singer named Hoagie Carmichael. What a name. Yep. Now, if you don't know who Hoagie Carmichael is, he is an American composer, pianist, singer, actor, band leader, but he's best known for composing the music for Stardust, Oh. Georgia on My Mind, oh. The Nearness of You, and Heart and Soul. That was a very so classic dun, American. Dun, dun, yeah. He is responsible for some of the most played American songs of all time. So it's interesting that Fleming is like, that's my James Bond. Yeah, that guy. Yep. Now, Fleming also imbued Bond with many of his own traits, including he gave Bond his same golf handicap. <laughs> he gave, yeah, yeah. He gave Bond his same love of scrambled eggs. And toss salad. And Bond uses the same brand of toiletries that Ian Fleming does. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> and fun fact, uh, Fleming was actually known for taking from all aspects of his life, including using names of school friends, acquaintances, relatives, and lovers throughout his books. Lovers. <laughs> Goldfinger was his neighbor. Erno, That's crazy. Erno Goldfinger. You're blowing my mind. Erno Goldfinger was a famous architect and neighbor of Ian Fleming. And Erno Goldfinger, is, he's best known for creating these, uh, they're described as like brutal high-rise buildings. Mm -hmm. And for loving concrete, concrete, a joke from Locke, <laughs> as I did, uh, the same way that Oruk Goldfinger loves gold. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So in the James Bond books, any of those character names could be like, cousins of Ian Fleming, friends of Ian Fleming. And apparently like many of his acquaintances and family 
would some of them would love it, but most would get really annoyed. Well, because he probably made them not nice people. Well, he made them like villains yeah. or like, you know, or, or like the girl, the, the, the yes. blonde girl who he slept with. Yes, yes, yes. Now, you may be asking yourself, where did 007 come from? Where did 007 come from? Well, let me tell you, Ashley. In the films and novels, the 00 prefix indicates Bond's discretionary license to kill. I have a license to kill. In executing his duty. So he can kill people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no consequence. Yep. Now, Bond's number 007 was created by Fleming in reference to one of British naval intelligence key achievements in World War One, the breaking of the Germanic diplomatic code. Mm. One of the German documents cracked and read by the British was the Zimmerman telegram, which was coded 0075. And it's one of the factors that led to the U.S. entering the war. It's the, it's the telegram that's like, oh, we're going to go after these U.S. ships and we're going to get U.S. You know? Yeah, yeah, the one that they yep. made the imitation game about. Yep. Subsequently, subsequently, the material was graded double O. It meant it was highly classified. Uh-huh. So, in fact, as Ben McIntyre, a Bond enthusiast and journalist, points out, to anyone versed in intelligence history, 007 signified the highest achievement of British military intelligence. Cool. That's really cool. So... Here's the thing. If anybody out there is enthusiastic about writing a book or mm-hmm. doing anything like that, you need to do it the Ian Fleming method. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Tell me why. He wrote Casino Royale in 30 days. He did a NaNoWriMo. Yep. He did a NaNoWriMo. <laughs> Here is Ian Fleming's writing method. Okay. He says, and I quote, I write for about three hours in the morning and I do another hour's work between six and seven in the evening. I never correct anything. I never go back to see what I've written. And by following my formula, you write 2,000 words a day. Wow. That's so many words. Yep. He never, so his, he never edits until he gets to the end. He never reads anything previous until he, and he writes it all at the top of his head. I will say this though. Um, I mean, obviously you go back and correct for continuity, eye color, whatever. Casino Royale is not a long book. It is less than 200 pages. Most of the Bond books are short. They're short. Yes. Um, but I mean, it's still impressive to write hey. a book in a month. Yep. Now, Fleming finished his first manuscript of James Bond's Casino Royale, which he described himself as a dreadful opus opus. <laughs> um, no. And this was actually retyped in an interview by Joan Howe, his red-haired secretary, whom the character Miss Moneypenny was based upon. Mm. Now, Claire Blanchard, a former girlfriend, advised him not to publish the book because she thought it was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know. Yep. Uh, Casino Royale was first released on April 13th, 1953 in the UK as a hardback edition uh, by publisher Jonathan Cape with a cover devised by Fleming. Fleming made the cover. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. They printed 4,728 copies. Sold out in less than a month. It's a great book. Yep. It's super fun. And eventually went on to become multiple, multiple, multiple printings and started the James Bond franchise. Wow. So this led Ian Fleming to publishing a whole series of books in this order. Now, the reason why I'm going to tell you all of these is because you should recognize the titles of all these books as titles that they've used for the movies. Okay. But. But. They're out of order with the movies. Dun, dun, dun. Well, the movies are out of order with the movies. <laughs> What? Well, because now we we have we have a soft reboot in the. Oh, universe. don't count that. <laughs> don't listen to her. Okay, here we go. Here are the books in order. Number one, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Number two, Live or Let Die. That's Roger Moore's first movie. Wow. Three, Moonraker. Four, Diamonds Are Forever. Five, From Russia with Love. Number six, Doctor No, the, the f- sixth oh. book 
is the first Bond movie. Interesting. Goldfinger's next. For Your Eyes Only, and For Your Eyes Only is a collection of short stories, and in those short stories is From a View to a Kill, For Your Eyes Only, Quantum of Solace, yep. Rosicchio, which has never been made, and the Hildebrandt Rarity. So look for those ones coming yep. in the next decade. Uh, other books are Thunderball, The Spy Who Loved Me, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, You Only Live Twice, The Man with the Golden Gun, and the final short story was Octopussy in the Living Daylights, which included Octopussy, the property of a lady, the living daylights, and my favorite, which I can't wait to see as the next Daniel Craig movie, 007 in New York. <laughs> which was the final James Bond story. It's just him going to Broadway shows. <laughs> going up the Empire State Building. I love catch. <laughs> um, it, so that was the final James Bond short story written by Ian Fleming. Now, there again, there are a whole bunch of other awesome novels. I actually heard some of them are pretty pretty decent. Uh, very recently they, the subsequent ones? Mm-hmm, there's a whole series of them. They've given to so many other authors very recently actually they let an American author write these James Bond novels for the first time and a lot of people like oh that can't Wah! you know. Yeah I don't really know if he's going to stay on with that project too much longer because he's saying things in the press that people are getting all up in arms. Yeah yeah but um, there are many other great James Bond novels. I haven't read many of them. I think the Ian Fleming ones are the important ones mm-hmm. um, because they really haven't adapted the uh, the subsequent ones they They've, haven't no. they keep mining the originals they we do have. we've we've adapted short stories we've adapted mm-hmm. uh stories that were just alluded to in those novels yep. Yep. i mean but they're coming to the end of them so and now i want to tell you about the literary character of james bond please do but first ah. have you ever said to yourself i want to listen to geek history less than a day early or i want episodes to be like 20 minutes longer I always say that to myself. Do you say that to yourself? Every day. Well, good for you. If you go to patreon.com slash Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, you can do just that. What? That's right. At certain perk levels, you get Geek History Lesson episodes early. And at the $5 level, you get Geek History Lesson Extra, which is a Patreon-exclusive podcast where it's 20 more minutes of us talking about the topic. So over there very recently to the release of this episode, you can find another 20 minutes of us talking about James Bond. It's stuff that you only find on Patreon. So patreon.com slash Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. The support of people over there lets us do more episodes, more videos. Hey, eventually we want to film. We do. We want people to see us. We want to see us as we're talking. We want that to happen. So... The only way that will happen, patreon.com slash John. Thank you to all who support us over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now back to the dossier. Copyright. Okay. Now (laughs) let's go to Jimmy's history. Jimmy's history. Our close friend Jimmy Bond. Oh, Jimmy Bond. And there that is an Easter egg for anybody that caught that. If you know what I'm talking about, Jimmy Bond. Okay, here we go. In Ian Fleming's stories, James Bond is said to be in his mid to late thirties, but he does not age. In the book Moonraker, he admits to being eight years shy of mandatory retirement age from the 00 section, 45, mm. which means that he would be 37 at the time. And in the penultimate novel, You Only Live Twice, Fleming finally gave Bond a family history. Ah. Yes. Now, this was the first book to be written after the release of Dr. No. Oh, that's so interesting. Yep. And Fleming definitely let Sean Connery's depiction of Bond influence his interpretation mm-hmm. of the character. Well, he must have liked it. Yep. The novel... Re- oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> I have I have quotes from Fleming and how, what he thought of Sean Connery. Oh, that's so cool. The novel reveals Bond is the son of a Scottish father, yes. Andrew Bond of Glencloe, and a Swiss mother, Monique 
Delacroix? Delacroix? Yep. Of the Canton de Vaud. Mm -hmm. The young James Bond spends much of his early life abroad, becoming multilingual in German and French because of his father's work as a Vickers Armaments company representative. And Bond is orphaned at the age of 11 when his parents are killed in a mountain climbing accident in the uh, Aguilles Rouge near Chamonix. That was pretty good. Pretty solid. Okay, there you go. I speak European. Okay. <laughs> um, after the death of his parents... Old Jimmy Bond goes to live with his aunt, Miss Charmaine Bond, in the village of Pet Bottom, where he com- stop it. Where he where, where he completes <laughs> his early education. Later, he briefly attend he attends Eton College at um, you know, EP's, uh, Eton College. I don't know why I was getting confused with this part. Um, but he is removed soon after because of girl trouble with a maid. Because I believe Eaton was an all-boys school. Oh, okay. Well, so it's had, one of those old-timey yeah, uh, old prep schools. Prep schools, yep. Yeah. Uh, Bond soon went to Fett's College in Scotland, his father's school. And soon, during his first visit to Paris at the age of 16, Bond loses his virginity because he reminisces about the event in From a View to a Kill. Because he started early. <laughs> yep, because he started cool. Um, actually, fun story, um, or fun fact. The literary Bond is not as promiscuous as movie Bond. No, but I it's it's kind of part of being a double O. Like, you'll mm. use seduction and mm-hmm. sexuality to get what you want. But he doesn't sleep with, like, seven people a book, like the movie Bond would. No, but movies are sexy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> At the start of Fleming's first book, Casino Royale, mm-hmm. Bond is already a double O agent, having been given the position after killing two enemy agents, a Japanese spy on the 36th floor of the RCA building at the Rockefeller Center in New York City. <laughs> that's so specific. Yep. And a Norwegian double agent who had betrayed two British agents. So cool. that's how he got his double O status. Uh, James Bond lives in a flat off the King's Road in Chelsea. That's a really nice neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> and his flat is looked after by an elderly Scottish housekeeper named May. Mm-hmm. Now, May's name is taken from May Maxwell, the housekeeper of Fleming's close friend, Ivar Bryce. Neat. Yep. In 1955, it is said Bond earned around 2,000 pounds a year. Uh, in about 2,012 pounds, that would be, or uh, 2,012 pounds, that's exactly as 39,000 pounds. Wow. So somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50,000. Mm, I don't don't ask. I'm not a math. Podcast. I mean, I'm I'm just saying I'm making a broad <laughs> a broad jump. It's more. It's more. It's, it, 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 it may be, be about 50,000 50, American. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, when on assignment, he worked on an unlimited expense account. So, well, he's not spending money on much back home. So they're like, here, have a black card. You'll be fine. <laughs> I like the idea that he's just going out and he's like, well, I can have this fancy cappuccino because I have a black card. Yeah, he's basically banking all of his money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bond was married only once yes. in Her Majesty's Secret Service to Teresa Tracy de Venso. Uh, di, di Vienzo. Vienzo. That's what I'm going to say with it. But their marriage was short-lived when she was killed on their wedding day by Blofeld. That's the, pretty rude. The head of Spectre. Mm-hmm. In the um, penultimate novel of the series, You Only Live Twice, Bond suffers from amnesia and has, oh, yeah. <laughs> and has a relationship with a diving girl named Kissy Suzuki. And as a result of their relationship, Kissy becomes pregnant. <gasps> And does not reveal her pregnancy to Bond after he leaves the island. So Bond. Bond, baby. Bond has a son. 
In the novel Never Send Flowers, which was not written by Fleming, it is said that at some point in... Oh, wait. My, my apologies. Um, it is said that at some point... This is just a fun fact. This is not about... I'm, I'm going to get to that son. We're going to okay, get to that son. Okay, but this, okay. is a, this is another fun fact that I thought was funny. Okay. Uh, at some point in his life, Bond visited Disney World with a girlfriend. Sure. Intending to only stay for two days. But he liked the park so much that he stayed for a whole week. And Bond in this book showed that he recognized a great deal of Disney characters. That is so... <laughs> interesting i think it was the disney world was still new yeah yeah you know? well i mean i get it but it just seems really weird and fan yep. service now here is the the bond novel not written by fleming that has something to do with the sun okay 1997 a short bond story called blast from the past was published in playboy mm -hmm. in which bond's adult son contacts him from new york and asks him to turn up when james bond shows up in new york his son is killed of course, because if you love James Bond, you die. Mm, and his and his full name is James Suzuki. That is the son of James Bond. Other habits of Bond. Uh, he hates tea. He calls it mud, and he loves coffee. That's coffee is better. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Bond is a heavy smoker. Mm -hmm. At one point, smoking seventy cigarettes a day. Wow. Bond has his cigarettes custom made by Morland of Grosvenor Street. Mixing Balkan and Turkish tobacco and having a higher nicotine content than normal normal cigarettes. The, to me, that's, that's so Sherlockian, right? Because it's a big thing about Sherlock Holmes <laughs> is like that he smokes this tobacco yeah. and whatever. So I think that's really funny. Uh, Fleming himself smoked up to 80 cigarettes a day. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So secret agents won't kill Bond. Cancer will kill Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's short lifespan anyway. So uh, from Casino Royale to from Russia with Love. Mm -hmm. Bond's preferred weapon is a .25 ACP Beretta automatic pistol. Yeah, they always in the movies they always reference Berettas. However, however, Fleming was contacted by a Bond enthusiast and gun expert, Jeffrey Boothroyd, or Boothroyd. I'm going to say his name is. Yeah, who uh, who Q gets named after later on in the movie. Shh, stop spoiling my lesson. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> who criticized Fleming's choice of firearm for Bond and suggested a Walter PPK 7.6 millimeter instead. Fleming used the suggestion in Dr. No, sixth, the sixth book of the series, mm -hmm. uh, also taking the advice that it should be used with the Burns Martin triple draw shoulder holster. <laughs> and by way of thanks, the Secret Service armorer who gives Bond his gun was given the name Major Boothroyd and is introduced by as Q, the greatest small arms expert in the world. Yay. So he gave him his name. Uh, fun fact, um, where do you think Ian Fleming got the name of M? I don't know. M is what he called his mother. That's weird. Yeah. You didn't just call her mother? No, he called her M. <laughs> and so he made the boss of James Bond mother. I think that's fascinating considering what that role has become with Judy Dench playing her because she's very much like Bond's, mm -hmm. Bond's mom. Uh, also, it is said that Bond is the second best shot in the service, only bested by the man who trains all of MI6. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you want more details about the literary James Bond, I suggest you read the books. They're great. They are great. So what do you think, Ashley? You've read all the books. I really like the books. I, I, like, I think I like Casino Royale the best because um, I love an origin story. Mm -hmm. uh, and Felix is in it. And mm. Felix Leiter is like a really weird Texan guy in the book. So that's really super fun. <laughs> uh, but the books are like super accessible. You can get them for like nine bucks a pop in paperback. I actually think my favorite book is You Only Live Twice. Yeah? I think it's the best one. I, I just I like the idea of... 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Because I feel that with the amnesia, he does love that girl. Yeah, you feel like it's it's like an honest and then relationship. When, and then when he leaves, I kind of feel like that's a sad. It's it's like one of the only emotional moments that, that I think that literary character gets to have. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not an emotional character. Nope, not at all. Now on to the movies. Movies. Bond has been played by these actors. Okay. Barry Nelson, Sean Connery, David Niven, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. Some actor that you may not may or may not know. Yeah. Now, you may be asking yourself, hey, there's a couple names in there that don't make sense. Well, let me tell you this. Tell me. In 1954, Ian Fleming sold the television rights to Casino Royale to CBS for $1,000. Wow. (laughs) The television production done that same year was the first screen adaption of James Bond and starred Barry Nelson. Mm -hmm. And this was part of the Climax Mystery Theater. CBS adapted the story to appeal to American audiences, making Bond an American, and they referred to him as Jimmy Bond. Yep, they sure do. So it's best to forget that. Also, David Niven was in an adaptation of Casino Royale that was comedic. Not that great. David Niven, best friend of Errol Flynn. Oh. Total scoundrel. So we're going to ignore those, and we're going to focus on the Eon Productions ones, the officially licensed, the correct ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. In 1961, Eon Productions began work on Dr. No, an adaptation of the novel of the same name, and the result was a film that began a series of 24 films that actually celebrated their 50th anniversary in 2012. Cool. Uh, And soon Sean Connery was cast in the role of James Bond. Connery, 6'2", taller than me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said James Bond wasn't taller than you. Uh, Literary James Bond is shorter than me. Ah. Uh, But he is very, he also, uh, Connery at the time was a bodybuilder. He was muscular. For the time. For when, the time. But it's funny because when you look at him now compared to like Daniel Craig, for example, he looks very slim. He was the non-steroided out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fleming originally disapproved approved of his casting as James Bond, believing him to be an overgrown stuntman who lacked the finesse and elegance to play James Bond. Aww. In fact, Fleming actually preferred David Niven playing the role. Oh, no way. Yep. Producer Albert Broccoli, known to all as Cubby, Cubby Broccoli, if mm-hmm. you've watched any documentary on James Bond, Cubby Broccoli's there. He disagreed with Fleming's view, later commenting, I wanted a ballsy guy to play Bond. <laughs> and he's like, Sean Connery mm-hmm. clearly has the most nope. balls. He's Scottish. Now, Connery's interpretation of the character differs considerably from Fleming's actually like um, being more pr- promiscuous. And, uh, and movie James Bond is more cold-blooded. I definitely than the literary version. Definitely, um, Connery described Bond once as a complete sensualist, senses highly tuned, awake to everything, quite immoral. And he's like, I particularly like him because he thrives on conflict. 
That's true. That's mm-hmm. very true, especially of the uh, of the movie Bond. Mm-hmm. Now, academic James Chapman once observed from Dr. No that Connery's interpretation of the character showed the actor should be credited with having established a new style of acting performance, a British oh. screen hero in the manner of an American leading man. I would I would say that's very true. Because mm-hmm. British gangster movies are not, or mm-hmm. British crime movies are not what you get in a James mm-hmm. Bond movie. Although and many critics and historians agree that if you watch Dr. No, you can kind of see that Connery is unsure with his performance. But from Russia with Love, he's very relaxed and mm-hmm. he's very subtle. Um, and after From Russia with Love, Ian Fleming admitted that it now it would be impossible for him to see anybody else in the role but Sean Connery. That's nice. Yep. That's very nice. Connery says this about his time as playing Bond and how he approached the character. Mm-hmm. He said this, and I quote, I said to the producers, I said to the producers that the character had one defect. I won't do that the entire time. <laughs> there was no humor to him. To get him accepted, they'd have to let me play him tongue in cheek so people could laugh. And they agreed, and there you are. Today, Bond is accepted to such an extent that even philosophers take the trouble to analyze him. Even intellectuals enjoy defending him or attacking him. Even while they're laughing at him, people take him terribly seriously. Connery went on, went on to add, Bond is important. This invincible Superman that every man would like to copy, that every woman would like to conquer. <laughs> this dream we all have of survival. One can't help liking him, even though he's a killer. He is, and he's a cad. Yes. He's like, yep. he's not a nice dude. <laughs> and thus, a Bond franchise was born. Dun, 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 dun. Now, I thought it'd be cool to uh, talk through every film. Of course, we're not going to describe everything of every film, because again, go watch them. They're, right. They're cool. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> um, but I have a short synopsis of each one. Okay. And then actually, I'd love you. You've seen all the Bond movies, right? Yes, I have. I would love for you to give your short reactions to each one. Okay. Okay. By the way, do you know what Eon Productions stands for? No, I did not write that down. I remember being told once a while ago, but I don't remember. It stands for everything or nothing, which I think is super interesting because it very much defines like Jane, the way James Bond looks at the world. So. It's very Bondian. Yeah. Well, these are all the Eon Bondian productions. Okay, here we go. Number one, Dr. No in 1962, James Bond was Sean Connery. The Bond girl was Honey Ryder, who is a Bond name herself, is directed by Terrence Young. The synopsis is Dr. No. Bond is sent to Jamaica to investigate the death of MI6 agent John Strangways. He finds his way to Crab Key Island, where the mysterious Dr. No awaits. Ashley, what do you think about Dr. No? I think Dr. No is the mold by which every other James Bond movie is built. You get everything, you get most of the most important, most of the most important aspects of a James Bond movie here that will be copied into eternity. Uh, I will disagree with you on that. Um, that This is not the one that everybody's copies, actually. It is the start of the series, and Bond acts very unbond-like in this movie. But you have, like, you have, you have the Bond girl, you have the villain with the lair... I don't know. I just think of like that's there's it. a lot that's of all key you get, That's all you get from this Fine. movie. Fine. <laughs> because there's no cue in this movie. Fine. It's <laughs> my opinion. It could be wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. Number two from Russia with Love, 1963. Sean Connery, the Bond girl, is Tatiana Romanoff. The director, again, is Terrence Young. The synopsis is when MI6 gets a chance to get their hands on a Lecter decoder, Bond is sent to Turkey to seduce the beautiful Titania and bring back the machine. With the help of Karim Bey, Bond escapes on the Orient Express, but he might not make Make it off alive. From Russia with Love. Quick quick thoughts on From Russia with Love. Uh, I think From Russia with Love is like the sexy Sean Connery one. 
For Mushroom of Love is a good one. By the it way, it might be my favorite one of his. I, it's a strong one. Uh, Robert Shaw is the villain. Oh, is he really? Yeah, there's a big fight. That's the climax oh. of the movie. And also, a really kind of fun video game on the PS2. Uh, where I can't Sean Con- they made a video Where game. Sean Connery voiced Bond. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, go check it out. It's cool. Number three, Goldfinger. 1964. Sean Connery again, the Bond girl's pussy galore. Director was Guy Hamilton, in my opinion, is the best Bond director of all time. The Bank of England has detected an unauthorized leakage of gold from the country, and Bond is sent to investigate. The suspect is one Oric Goldfinger, the richest man in the country. Bond catches Goldfinger cheating at cards, and with the assistance of Jill Masterson, who is killed and painted gold in revenge, Bond must foil his plot while avoiding the deadly Korean odd job. What are your thoughts on Goldfinger? I think it's definitely the most iconic of this, Bond movies. This is what I was saying. This is the one that everybody copies. Sure. Because it has Q, it has Gadget, it That's has the true. car, it has the boss, it has Money Penny. Um, best theme song. The, by far the best Bond song. And every time I hear somebody say "Pussy Galore," I want to stab my eyes out. I hate, I hate, I hate that pun. <laughs> I hate it so much. Pussy Galore. I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Come over here and play, Pussy. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Number four, Thunderball, 1965. Sean Connery, Bond girl Domino Durval. By the way, I, I didn't. I just now realized that my list. I wrote down the Bond girl names, not the actresses' names. So That's I, okay. So I apologize for that joke. <laughs> I apologize I made to every yep. Bond girl actress. Domino Durval, the director again, uh, uh, Terrence Young from the first two movies. Emilio Largo, number two at Spectre, (laughs) has stolen two nuclear warheads. He threatens to destroy a city in the United States and England unless a large ransom is paid. Bond is sent to the Bahamas to investigate. Thunderball, thoughts, Ashley? Dumb. Worst theme song. (laughs) There's a lot of underwater (laughs) fights in in Thunderball. But you know what? Um, And and you and I talked about this the other day, and I thought you made a very interesting point. The underwater fight is super slow and super boring. But at the time, no other movie had ever done that. Right. So I kind of understand, like, why you would want to do it for 20 minutes. And why, as Terrence Young as the director, you're like, hold on the water. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) and I I see the, like, the artistry in it, but I really think Mm -hmm. you can clip that fight out and, like, forget the rest of the movie. (laughs) Totally. Number five. You Only Live Twice, 1967. Sean Connery again. Mm-hmm. Aki is the Bond girl. And Lewis Gilbert, a first-time director. Uh, Ernst Starvel Blofeld, the head of Spectre, is mm-hmm. hijacking American and Russian space shuttles in an attempt to start a war between the two nations. Bond is sent to Japan to investigate with the help of Tiger Tanaka, the head of station in Tokyo. Armed with over 100 trained ninjas, Bond infiltrates Blofeld's volcano lair. Now, just let me know. let you know... At the time, this was Sean Connery's last Bond film. Yes. Which is why they killed him in the opening scene. And don't say spoilers on me. This movie's been out since 1967. Yeah, yeah. Um, Possibly the best name for a James Bond movie. One, Another great song. Um, Really racist, though. It is. It, by modern standards. Like, it's tough. I find it tough to watch. It is. Um, But I will say, You Only Live Twice is my third favorite Sean Connery film. Your third favorite Sean Connery? Well, because <laughs> I, I would I would rank as Sean Connery's, I would go, uh, we should do that. Like, okay, let's rank, okay, we, we just finished Sean Connery's. Sure. There's one more, but shh. Yeah. This is the only one we count. Best Sean Connery film of those bunch? Uh, you go first. You Goldfinger. I, I would go Goldfinger I think from, from Russia with Love. Objectively, you have to say Goldfinger, but I like from Russia with Love. Cool. Better, just right, personally. That's, that's good. We're going to have plenty more of that discussion in the um, the extra. Great. Okay. Number six, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. James Bond is now played by George Lazenby. Yeah. Bond girl is Tracy D. Vienso, 
and Peter Hunt directed. Bond rescues the suicidal Tracy and is brought at gunpoint to meet her father, father, Mark Draco, the head of one of the largest criminal organizations in Europe. Draco strikes a deal with Bond, agreeing to reveal the location of Blofeld if Bond will look after his daughter. What are your thoughts on the only George Lazenby Bond movie? Uh, it's weird. He's a weird Bond. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, like that's probably why he didn't come back. Number uh, seven, that's diamonds. The best title though. Number seven, diamonds. One of the best songs. Yeah, diamonds are forever. Nineteen seventy-one. Sean Connery returns as Bond yes, because the producers does. got shaky, uh, <laughs> and he's too old. The Bond girl is Tiffany Case, and the director is Guy Hamilton. Mm. Sean Connery is back for a fast-paced hunt through a diamond smuggling pipeline. MI six arrests small-time smuggler Peter, Peter Franks, and Bond takes his place, meeting courier Tiffany Case. He follows the trail of diamonds. As everyone who touched them get killed, and at the end of the pipeline is Blowfield with another plan for world domination. You know what I remember about this movie? What? Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie is is silly comparatively, is. but fun. It is. And you are right, Connery's way too old. He's like like you know he's wearing a rug from the mm. first movie, mm. but this is the one where you're like, I really believe he's wearing a rug. Number eight, Live and Let Die, nineteen seventy three. Roger Moore's first Bond film, The Bond Girl Solitaire, the director, Guy Hamilton again. Mm-hmm. Several British agents are killed in a short period of time during routine surveillance of dictator Doctor Kananga. Bond is set to New York to investigate and falls into a trap of gangster Mr. Big, thanks to his psychic tarot card reader solitaire um i think this movie has a really interesting premise and that's about it but you know what what you got the job to do you got to do it well yeah god true. i hate that song i'm sorry you may lo- love live or De- let die the theme song i hate it because i i, I, I think it's a great song if it's not a james bond theme it's a song. great song if it's not a james <laughs> bond theme song but like to hear the you got the job to do you got to do it well like in the middle of a james bond credits you're just like oh my god okay <laughs> number nine the man with the golden gun 1974 roger moore again Andrea Anders is the Bond girl. Lots Guy, of alliterative names. Guy Hamilton, again, directs. MI6 is sent a golden bullet with 007 engraved onto it. M fears that Bond will be assassinated by Francesco Scaramanga, the number one million a shot hitman. So he gets paid a million dollars to go kill somebody. Known for his golden gun. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Great, great movie. Uh, Christopher Lee is the villain. I, to be honest with you, this is my favorite Roger Moore movie. I think it's definitely the best Roger Moore movie. Cool. I don't know if it's, the, it's not the best James Bond movie. But, no, 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 no. But it's fun. Number 10, The Spy Who Loved Me, 1977, the same year as Star Wars. Roger Moore, Anya Amasova, Louis Gilbert directs. British and Russian submarines have been hijacked and the two countries come together, sending 007 and Russian agent Anya Amasova to track down a stolen microfilm and investigate. 
Yeah. Um, um, the, Austin, Austin Powers ruined the title of this movie for me. <laughs> the Spy Who Shagged Me? Yeah, yeah. That's, I always think of that. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. All right. But I'm like, there's a lot to parody here. I get it. Number 11, Moonraker, 1979. Roger Moore, Holly Goodhead Barf. is the Bond girl. Louis Gilbert returns to direct. A space shuttle on loan to MI6 by Hugo Drax is hijacked in midair. Space shuttle, midair. Bond is sent to investigate Drax on the pretense of an official apology, and Bond discovers that Drax hijacked the shuttle himself. Stupid. Yeah. Real stupid. Let's move on. Number 12, <laughs> for your eyes only, 1981. Roger Moore, Bond girl is Melina Havelock. The director is John Glenn. The synopsis is a ship containing an automatic targeting attack communicator, attack, which can control <laughs> ballistic missile attacks, is sunk. Bond is sent to retrieve the attack before the Russians do. And a uh, fun fact in Skyfall, uh, Bond turns in some fragments to be tested and says, for her eyes only, referring to M. Ah, um, I, did, I did not catch there that. There you go. Nice. Uh, that movie's okay. Yeah, that's all right. It's, it's okay. Number 13, Octopussy, 1983. Roger Moore, Octopussy is the Bond girl. John Glenn directs, not the Western John Glenn. Uh, I wish. <laughs> Agent 009 is stabbed and crashes through a window of the British Embassy in Berlin, holding a forged Fabergé egg. Bond is sent to investigate and begins at the Sotheby's auction for the real Fabergé counterpart. This is the Bond girl's name that makes me the second most uncomfortable after Pussy. This is you want to talk about a weird movie. That's this, it, this is a weird yeah, movie. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. I mean, if it starts with a Fabergé egg, you know it's going to be weird. Yeah. Number fourteen, A View to a Kill. Yeah, that song. Nineteen eighty-five. Roger Moore, the Bond girl is Stacy Sutton. Yeah, a lot of little names. John Glenn returns. Bond investigates a drugged horse racing scandal and is led to Max Zorin, an eccentric industrialist who dis- plans to destroy Silicon Valley. Stupid. Uh, Christopher, um, the guy who talks like this, help me out. Christopher Walken. Christopher yeah, yeah, Walken. Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember his last name. That was amazing. I'm yep. so glad that happened. And there's a really dumb fight at the Golden Gate Bridge. I, I do not like this movie at all. Um, but Mayday, who's the bad girl, is the first African-American woman to sleep with James Bond on Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worth noting. Number 15, The Living Daylights, 1987. Timothy Dalton's first Bond movie. The... Bond girl is Kara Milova. Director John Glenn again. Mm-hmm. Bond is assigned to protect Georgie Koskoff, an ex-KGB officer who is defecting to Britain. This movie is not as bad as everyone thinks it is. No, it's not. I actually don't think it's that bad. Um, I think Timothy Dalton gets a bum rap. He doesn't. He was basically Craig 20 years early. Yeah, but like before it was mm-hmm. cool. He's the angry Bond. Number 16, License to Kill in 1989. Timothy Dalton, the Bond girl is Pam Bovier, John Glenn. Now, here's the one thing about this one. The synopsis is great. The setup is great. The end of the movie is not. Yeah. Uh, Bond and Felix Leiter catch drug lord Fran Sanchez during a raid in Miami, but Sanchez escapes, and Sanchez kills and rapes Leiter's wife, and later is later fed to a shark, losing a leg. Bond must infiltrate and destroy Sanchez's operation, avenging the death of Leiter. Yes. Uh, anytime we get Felix and Bond together, I'm happy. Uh, the movie has a better premise than it has followed through, yep. though. Now we go six years into a Bond movie. <laughs> Goldeneye, 1995. I'm alive. Pierce Brosnan, Natalia Simona, uh, and, and Zonya Onatop. Directed by Martin Campbell. You will hear that name again. Zonia Onatop and Colonel Onomov hijack a special helicopter that is immune to electromagnetic pulses. The pair then go to a Soviet bunker that is control base for the GoldenEye satellite weapons. They then kill the staff 
and protect themselves, Bond must investigate the attack. More explosions than you've ever seen in a Bond movie. And also, Sean Bean as the villain. Oh, see, that's my favorite thing about the Pierce Brosnan era um, Bond movies is Alec Chevalier. He's so mm-hmm. good. He's so interesting. Number 18, Tomorrow Never Dies. I will say that I think all the Pierce Brosnan movies have great titles. They do. Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997. James Bond again is Pierce Brosnan. Bond Girl is Paris Carver. The director is Robert Spottiswoodry, or however you say his name. I'm sure that's how it is. Media mogul Elliot Carver plans to use a stolen encoder to start a war between China and the United Kingdom in order to boost ratings for his cable networks. Dumb idea. Wah, wah. Okay, let's move on. 19, The World is Not Enough. James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. The Bond Girl is Christmas Jones. The director is Michael Apted. Renard, played by Robert Carlyle, a terrorist who feels no pain, is slowly dying due to a bullet lodged in his brain, and he assassinates billionaire Robert King. Bond is assigned to protect the daughter, Electra King. Yeah, not great. I actually don't think this one is... This is another one like, I think, Timmy Dalton. World is Not Enough is not as bad as everybody thinks but it is. But you know what makes it better is Robert Carlyle. Yes. It's not. It's nothing about the rest of the to movie. To be honest with you, I would say that World is Not Enough is Brosnan's second best Bond movie. Yeah. Because Tomorrow Never Dies starts off great, but as soon as you learn that it's about the, the newspaper man, it completely falls yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Number 20, Die Another Day or We've Given Up. <laughs> uh, this is the James Bond movie starring Pierce Brosnan, the Bond girl is Jinx, and the director is, is Lee Tamahori. Bond is betrayed during a mission in North Korea that he served in North Korea and is captured and tortured for 14 months. After revealing nothing, Bond is released to deal with MI6 who released a terrorist in return. Bond escapes from MI6 to find the traitor and kill the terrorist he was traded for. Stupid. Invisible car. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Invisible car. Also, Pierce Brosnan's tool to play Bond. Um, I didn't. At that point, I didn't think so. I think he's right on the line. He was getting pretty close. Uh, number twenty-one, Casino Royale, two thousand six. Daniel Craig, the Bond girl's Vesper Lynn, directed by Martin Campbell, the same guy who rebooted the mm-hmm. franchise in Goldeneye. In a reboot of the series, Casino Royale opens with Bond gaining his double O status, and by killing two enemy st- agents, he earns his license to kill. Bond must then win a high-stakes poker game against terrorist financer La Chief. Uh, I love this movie. It's too long. Yes, too many poker <laughs> scenes. Number 22, Quantum of Solace, 2008. Daniel Craig, the Bond girl is Camille Montez. The director is Mark Forrester. In a continuation from Casino Royale, Bond is set to eliminate Dominic Green, a wealthy businessman who is trying to control the water supply of Bolivia. Not as bad as everyone thinks it is. Crap, you, crappy villain. But you have to, yeah, very, very crappy villain. Number 23, Skyfall, 2012. Daniel Craig, the Bond girl is Severine. The director is Sam Mendes. And James Bond's loyalty to M is tested as her past comes back to haunt her. As MI6 comes under attack, Bond must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. Uh, Best Q ever. My favorite James Bond movie. Number 24, the one that we haven't seen yet, Spectre. 2015, Daniel Craig, the Bond girl is Madeline Swan. Uh, that is um, Marina, Marina Brocker. No, no. Uh, uh, what's what's uh, Monica Bellucci? Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci. Yeah, I was like, uh, Sam Mendes returns. And the synopsis is, while M battles political forces to keep the Secret Service alive, Bond peels back the layers of deceit to reveal the terrible truth behind the organization known as... Spectre. Spectre finally returning to the James Bond franchise after being lost in a lawsuit 
for yeah. over 30 years. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Spectre. I hope it is well as, as well as well as good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, recommended reading, as we've said, you have plenty of James Bond books to read, and you have plenty of James Bond movies to watch. So instead of recommended reading, let's do James Bond fun facts. Ooh, I love it. Okay, here you go. Okay. I want you to guess... How many people James Bond has killed up to... Now, I'm counting Skyfall, but not Spectre, because we don't know. We haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, Including Skyfall, in all 23 of the movies, how many people has James Bond killed? 854. Um, No. (laughs) Not you're way over 362. Yep. You didn't give me a between this and that. No, because I wanted to see how far you go. Man, that's like killing a guy every 10 seconds. That's I was it. like a thousand's yep. probably too many. Um, now there are a couple of different numbers on in the internet. Uh, that comes from the Arl Knotts video game. They have a, a video called Bond Kill Count where you can actually watch them all. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of depending on how many people you think mm-hmm. are in cars that explode or buildings that explode. Or planes or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Now Pierce Brosnan is actually the deadliest Bond. He killed more people than anybody else. He's got the most explosions. Mm-hmm. How many women has James Bond slept with? There's 24 movies that we're talking 24 about? 24 if you count Spectre. Uh, 32. Uh, you're quite low. He's 54. He slept with 54 women. Shut up. I was like, movies. surely it's not double that. Oh, there are several movies where he sleeps with like three girls. Wow. I've been in the Craig world for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, here's, so some, icky. <laughs> here's some more uh, fun facts. Okay. Uh, Bond's preferred drink in Ian Fleming's first book, Casino Royale, was the Vesper Martini. Part mm-hmm. gin, part vont, vodka, a touch of Lele Blanc wine. Uh, and however, when it came to filming the first Bond movie, Smirnoff paid for their vodka to be promoted, meaning they didn't want gin mentioned. So Bond's <laughs> brand, the booze, quickly caught on and changed the cocktail uh, forever. Yeah, and when Casino Royale happens, uh, Gordon's gin, which mm-hmm. is why it's the only it's the only name brand dropped in that movie. Yeah. Uh, according to Bond lore, young James was briefly educated at Eaton, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, before going on to study at Fett's College in Edinburgh. Um uh, that was a public school that was attended by Ian Fleming himself cool. and also uh, former Prime Minister Tony Blair. And less cool. Funny as it sounds, uh, Sean Connery once worked as Fetz College's milkman. Oh, really? Yep. That's so crazy. Yep. Uh, fifth Bond Pierce Brosnan was long pursued by Ian producers for the role, even in the 80s. Like oh, he, really? He was originally considered before Timothy Dalton. Um, however, when he finally signed his contract for Goldeneye, Brosnan was informed that he was free to pursue any additional other roles between Bond movies, but the actor could appear in no other film wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, you know, we all know what James Bond's rank is, right? What's James Bond's rank? His his designation? 007. Yep. I was like, I don't know, uh-huh. Lieutenant. <laughs> but let me tell you about some of the other 00 agents we've seen in the movies. Oh, please. I love that. Um, 002 is killed in The Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. 003 dies in the opening scene of A View to a Kill. 004 gets killed in The Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. 006 was Sean Bean. And others, like... 001 we've never met mm-hmm. uh, however 009 probably has the worst career as yeah. a MI6 agent because he's killed while dressed as a clown in Octopussy yep, yep. <laughs> uh, here are some of the other actors that have almost played Bond over the years cool Eric Bana really oh, Hugh Jackman yeah yeah okay. James Purfoy Julian McMahon Julian McMahon sorry uh, Gerald Butler 
Ugh. Sam Neill. Clint Eastwood was considered in the 80s. I knew that. And Duggery Scott. Can I can I add two people to that list? Sure. Adam West. Yep. And uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Burt Reynolds I knew about too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> Adam West? <laughs> Another fun fact, stuntman Bob Simmons is the figure who appears in the opening gun barrel sequence for the first James Bond movie. Oh, that's so cool. Where he's wearing the fedora. Mm-hmm. That's actually stuntman Bob Simmons. Good for Bob Simmons. Uh, I didn't know if you know this, but President John F. Kennedy is responsible for Bond's success in the United States. I did not know that. In 1961, in an interview with Life magazine, he listed From Russia with Love as one of his favorite novels of all time. Sales boomed. And actually, this made the producers, because they'd already made Dr. No, mm-hmm. specifically choose From Russia with Love as the next film. Oh, that's, that's yeah. such a smart move. Due to the president's influence. Um, incidentally, uh, this was the last movie that JFK ever saw he watched it the day before he flew to texas in 1963 well that's dark but (laughs) actually jfk also included fleming in his conversations in fact even inviting him to the white house to ask him his thoughts on how to defeat fidel castro in cuba okay um there are some articles out there about what fleming suggested and one of his ideas was a radioactive beard like to to radiate castro's beard (laughs) That's amazing. That's su- see, that's such like a, a silly James Bond thing to do. Yep, yep. That's so funny. M's house in the movie Skyfall mm-hmm. is the former home of John Barry, the very famous Bond composer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you heard the James Bond theme? The dun 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 dun. dun. He made that. We played it in my high school jazz yep. band. <laughs> um, and final fun James Bond fact: Goldfinger was the first film ever to show a laser beam. Really? Yep. Take and, that, Star Wars. Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> screw you, Star Wars. And also, um, it is the the film that Sean Connery was most concerned for his life because in the very famous scene with the laser beam, yeah. there the table is burning and it's coming closer to his crotch, his manhood, as you would say. It was actually a stagehand with an acetylene blowtorch moving closer and closer to Sean Connery. Wow, Sean, that's horrifying. And Sean Connery calls it his worst day as Jane Bond because he thought his, um, let's just say his his manhood was going to be burned yeah, off. pride and joy, yeah. Yeah, and if you watch that movie, it gets, it gets very close. close. Yeah. You know, so that's he it. He probably had a dance belt on. He's probably fine. There you go. <laughs> and that's it for the geek history lesson on James Bond. What did you think, Ashley? Did you learn it out about 007? I did. I thought that was fascinating. You did a really good job. Yay, okay. That's it for this lesson of James Bond. Go out there and read some of those James Bond books and movies. And while you're doing that, head on over to iTunes and Stitcher and download and subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating over there because it lets other secret agents find the podcast just like you. And if you think we missed something, if you're like, oh, you didn't talk about Pierce Brosnan enough, I love the Brosnan, <laughs> then you need to do that on our social media, which is where, Ashley? It is at facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson and geekhistorylesson.com. That's right. You can follow Ashley on Twitter, Ashley V. Robinson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jawin. And don't forget, patreon.com slash Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, help support the show, and you get to listen to the Geek History Lesson Extra if you're at our $5 level. Well, that's it. We're going to close this dossier. We're going to classify it. We're going to put it in the shelves that nobody else can listen to it. And maybe 20 years later, when Russia falls again, I'm not saying Russia's going to fall, but if it does... You just lost all our Russian listeners. And we have to pull a British agent out there to go find the (laughs) attrack. They'll find this episode. That's it. 
Well, Professor Jason, will, uh, you, uh, will you take us away? Well, I, I'm really quick. I'm Jason Inman. Oh, I'm Ashley Victoria we got to give ourselves an outro. <laughs> That's the standard procedure. I want to be 002. You want to be 002? Yeah. Um, Professor Ashley. Yes. Will you please <laughs> sign, seal, deliver this classified document of a podcast out? That's a disco song. Sure. Just do it. I'm trying to do Foley of signing and sealing and delivering. There, it's out in the world. Class is dismissed. Shocking. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.